Okay, um, so tonight we're going to hear from Mon, and Mon's amazing, and um, I've, how long have I known you for now? Like two years? Yeah, maybe two like years. That. From Belrose, <laughs> yeah. Belrose days, it's good. Um, so you've been following Jesus for like, how long? Two years? Yeah, two years, two and a half <laughs> yeah, years, maybe half since years. I was 16. Yeah, cool. And I'm 18 now. Awesome, awesome. And um, how are you connected to like everyone here? Jesus. <laughs> so good. good no, yeah. <laughs> Probably like a lot of people from Belrose. Um, yeah. I was like in the camp Kedron kind of people as well. Oh, so like cool. I know a lot of people through that. And I think generally just church community. You get to know everyone, <laughs> which is so yeah. nice. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you give us like a one minute breakdown on how Jesus like invaded your heart and just like took over? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> one minute. That's hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> I could hard. go on forever. So I became a Christian when I was 16 um, and I think it was like um, I had like a very like a uh, troubled upbringing and stuff and so I was like a, I've been always quite like you know bad and whatnot and so when I was started going to Camp Kedron with a friend it was sort of just like because I wanted to hang out with other people and stuff it wasn't ever for Jesus stuff yeah. I think I sort of had this idea that like all Christians were very stereotypical like Sounds silly, but stereotypical Ned Flanders, like yeah, goody yeah. two shoes. And I was like, I don't fit in with that. Like, I'm not a goody two shoe like that. I always get in trouble and, and all that stuff. So I yeah. always saw Christians like that. Yeah. I didn't have any like Christian influences in my life, really. So that's always, always how I saw Christianity. And then um, it was just at a camp Kedron once there was this guy preaching and he was like classic, like true blue Aussie guy. And he reminded heaps of me heaps of um, my brother and my dad who yeah. I love. I love heaps. Um, so I was just listening to him and like, I can't do his testimony justice, but pretty much at the end of it, I was like, you know, like I'm going to give this a go. Like I really don't have anything to lose and stuff. And so that was when I was 16, I decided that. And then... I sort of was like doing my own thing for a few months. Like I didn't really start stepping anything out. And then at the start of 2015, I went to Angie, Angela Duet's baptism. And so it was like where I met probably like a lot of people that I'm still like in community with now. Yeah. And it was just like this amazing presence and stuff. And I was like, this is like really what I want to live my life for. Like this is worth living for and stuff. Like just seeing them give their lives. Um, it was her and a few other friends as well, yeah. um, giving their lives to Christ and stuff. And just like how there was so much joy and love and it was so genuine. Like yeah. uh, it was just like, you know, unreal. So I was like, okay, I'm actually going to start living this out. And then yeah. from there, I was just like, I practically actually did that. Like I actually took steps and I like joined a Bible study and stuff. And since then it's like, God's like completely transformed me, like completely different than I used to be and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's wow. sort of what happened for me. So <laughs> yeah, 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 it's awesome. Yeah, you, you girls and actually your whole group, like even like Johnny and all those guys and Aiden as well, like you yeah. guys at Belrose were just crazy, <laughs> like you just like, just frothing on Jesus and I was like, and I, mm. when I was 17, I was just like, nothing like that, <laughs> super convicted. So um, and where have you been the past six months? It's been six months. Yeah, yeah, since January. Um, in Mexico. Mexico. East coast of Mexico. Volunteering. So yeah. this is like a, my gap year. So I finished high school last year and then I'm going to uni next year. So nice. I like having a year away. Um, nice. So yeah, I booked in to do six months of volunteering, like non-Christian related, like not with a Christian organization, wow. but just, yeah, community <coughs> de people. development stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. which is really cool. 
Yeah, and what are you going to speak on tonight? Um, so I'm going to be teaching on a few of the things that I learned over there. Like uh, God definitely taught me so much and not even necessarily relevant to being in Mexico, just things that he spoke to me about. And wow. I think being away and just like having him to rely on rather than this amazing community, which is so good. Like I really wow. had to rely on him because I didn't have any community over wow. there. Um, so he taught me so much and like I had a lot of times where I could just be with him and he just yeah. spoke to me heaps. So. That's so cool. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing you did have. You did have teaching that recording. I did. Uh, <laughs> listening from Mexico. Can you see that yeah, when you check? Yeah, one hit from Mexico. Yeah, but then yeah. I actually got some hits from like Vietnam recently, so I'm just like, yeah, baby. I don't know well, there you go. Before, but internet's pretty cool. I volunteered in Vietnam once. Oh, it's all you. That's <laughs> yeah, me. I've been going back and forth. Yeah, right, okay. yeah cool. cool. Uh, all right, guys, let's just listen up to mine. Show the same respect you show me. And um, have fun. Just do your thing. I will. Talk about Jesus and cool. Let's do it. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So, hey everyone. I think we'll start by praying. Yeah, <laughs> like you should with everything. It. Cool. Yeah, Jesus. I just thank you for everyone who's here, Lord. I just thank you um, that you're working in each of our lives, Lord, in different ways, Father. And just thank you um, for your Holy Spirit. Um, I thank you for what you're going to do tonight and how you're going to speak to everyone in this room, Father. Um, not necessarily in the same way, Father, but just you know what's going on with them, Father, and you see where they're at and you're just going to meet them there. Um, so I just thank you for your presence, Lord, and I pray that we can all, um, can all hear your voice tonight in whatever way that we do, Father. Um, and yeah, that you love us so much and you're so patient with, so patient with us. It's such a blessing um, that we have such a good father and best friend. And um, yeah, you're so, so good to us. So I pray that we can just be super open tonight. And um, yeah, you'll, you'll have your way tonight and we'll, we'll feel good leaving here, Father, just knowing that, that you love us so deeply, Lord, and you forgive us. And yeah, you have such a grace and such a favor over everyone here, Lord. So just thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. And we just surrender to you tonight, Lord, and um, just say that we love you and thank you for everything that you've done, Lord, um, through Jesus. Um, so yeah, thank you and yeah, have your way tonight. Amen. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> cool. So I have a few points that I'm going to talk on. Um, so yeah, my context was that uh, I've been in Mexico since January. Um, so I was doing just like volunteering stuff. So community development, working with kids and animals and and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's been really awesome. Um, as some of you know, some of you might not know, but I had a bit of a rough start going to Mexico. So I left in January and I was there at first for six weeks and it was pretty tough like going over. So this is my first time like going overseas um, alone. I don't have been overseas once before. Um, so I don't have much travel experience. I had a lot of help from Curtis and his family with all the <laughs> documentation and stuff, but I went over and there was just like a lot of trials, like, and I recognize now that there was like so much spiritual attack, like just thing after thing happening. And it was like super challenging. Um, so for example, like going over, I had my baggage lost and then I arrived in Mexico, like with nothing. And then I had my like, literally the only thing I had, like I had all my stuff stolen with my documentation. So I had my passport, my phone, all my money, like literally everything stolen. So it was like super hard being there, like my second day in Mexico, not speaking any Spanish, like not having, and then having everything taken from me, just standing there with nothing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I was at like, um, so my first two days I went just on like alone travel before I started with um, my volunteering. And I was at um, 
like a tourist park and they just had taken, I had a travel wallet which had all my important things in it, which seems really great until that important thing gets taken and then everything's gone. <laughs> um, so that was taken out of my bag. And then, yeah, I was pretty hectic from there on because oh. obviously having no one to call and yeah, it was really difficult. So that happened like my second day being in Mexico. So that was like a lot of stress and everything being in a different country. Um, so that was like uh, really hard. And then I found that like I had a lot of stress and stuff. So it was like those first couple of weeks were like really difficult and stuff and I don't usually like get overwhelmed I don't get homesick or anything but I found that really tough and so yeah my first few weeks being there was you know getting over that and then just as I got over that like trial and everything and um yeah like finding peace after that then I had the bad news that my dad had passed away so that was really tough and I actually had to come back home for a bit and so all these things happened to me like just as I was just as I'd gone overseas and I was like, you know, like, why is this all happening to me and stuff? Like, I thought this was where I needed to be. And so coming home, I just had to take time to pray and think, like, is this really where I need to be? Like, should I be overseas in Mexico? And it was really difficult and stuff. So just to give a bit of context on my first time being in Mexico before I came back, um, not to put a downer on it, but I think like it's really important to know like the tests that people go through because obviously otherwise you don't get the testimony without the test. So it was very difficult at first going over. Um, and yeah, and then I was here for a couple of weeks and I was just deciding like, do I want to go back? Is this where I want to be and stuff? Um, and I had like my amazing community to pray for me and stuff, which was awesome. Um, and then I felt lots of peace to go back and I was a bit nervous because of everything that had happened. Like the devil was just like attacking me and all this stuff, but I had so much encouragement in being that like, obviously he saw that there was like a risk. And so it was like, uh, he was trying to get me, but I was like, you know, Jesus is stronger and I got really encouraged and strengthened through everyone back here. So I went back over and it was amazing. Like God had so much favor over me in the last four months, like have been incredible, like just his protection and his um, favor over everything. Like I didn't feel like at risk or in danger or anything the whole time I was there. So it was amazing. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of what was happening. And yeah, trusting him like on a whole new level was really good, like being put out of my comfort zone and obviously being in it like so many new experiences and stuff like really led me to trust God in a new way and yeah that's sort of what I'm teaching on so that's what happened <laughs> um, so my point one is to recognize the breadcrumbs so that's like little things in life where they don't really seem to make sense at the time and you're thinking like why is this happening to me or maybe you don't even realize but then you can look back and you can sort of like connect them and be like okay like I sort of see why this happened and then it led to this and it's sort of all about how like uh, it says in the scriptures like God works everything together for our good and so it's sort of coming to that place where we recognize things happening and we can say like I don't even understand this now but I'm just recognizing that it's here and um, and then looking back and realizing that God was working that together for such a big thing. And it's even how every day, like we're getting our minds renewed and it's little things how, um, you know, like we struggle with, you know, overcoming addiction or we struggle with, you know, being ill-tempered or anything like that. And it's just how day by day there's like little things that he works on. And he's so patient with us. Um, so that's like recognizing the breadcrumbs, like the little things that add up and like over time you realize that Jesus has transformed you in like such an amazing way and just like being, um, happy about the little things, like not expecting like overnight revelation and this has to happen in, um, this amount of time and stuff and putting restrictions on it because he's so patient and he knows how everything's going to work together and he knows that it's going to be good. So it's just trusting him through that. So like one of my really big things was that with that is that I, growing up, like I, 
have never got along well with my mom and that's something that was really hard obviously I've been like a daddy's girl my whole life so losing my dad was really tough because I've never really got along well with mom like we just clashed and everything like that and I've just struggled with it because obviously before I was a Christian I didn't really mind like uh, it didn't bother me that I didn't get along well with my mom but then since knowing Jesus like he's renewing me and I've just like changed and can get along with people so much better but there was always this thing with my mom where like we would just always clash and as hard as I tried like in my own strength I was like I just couldn't do it I would always be short-tempered with her and I would not be as as kind with her I could be kind with everyone like everyone in this room and then going home I would just be so so not as lovely with my mom and so I struggled with that and it was one of those things where you know that you're doing it wrong like you like have conviction about it but then I would just continuously do it and I was like oh god like why is this happening like I really need help and so that's been going like since I've been a Christian. So like uh, two years or something, it was one of those things that I just couldn't shake. Um, but then uh, I found like um, when I was in Mexico, I had like been praying that for ages and ages and it just like never broke off and it was really difficult. And then being in Mexico, I was just like, um, I would be calling my mom to check in with her and stuff. And I found like all this stuff that when I was talking with her, I was so happy to talk with her and I had so much love seeing her and stuff. And I was like, oh, I really miss you. Like, and I always found it easy going away before because I didn't really like miss being at home because I didn't get along well with my mom. I didn't enjoy being there. But then being in Mexico and FaceTiming her, like we had the best times and we would be laughing together and it would be so awesome. And like, I didn't even really think twice about it until um, like maybe a few months in and I realized that this thing that I had been praying for for years um, and I hadn't even done anything. I hadn't even seen her in a few months, but like even being over in Mexico, I realized like he had broken that off me and I had such a love for her. And it was something that like, you know, I wasn't even praying for it at the time, but he had heard my prayers. Like it says that he does hear our prayers and, um, he answers all of them. And it's one of those things that you're like, okay, that sounds great, but he hasn't answered this prayer. But then like getting into this place where I realized like I was in such a rest, like I wasn't worried about that. I just got to this point where it was like, okay, I can't do this in my own strength. Like I've tried so hard. I've tried to be good. I've tried to be kind and all these things, but then just letting go and having a rest in that. I was like, oh, that's so awesome because yeah, I was just literally FaceTiming my mom and I was like laughing with her and I had so much joy and I was so excited when we would like Skype and stuff. Um, so yeah, like that's just a little encouragement where like all those little things and um, really like add up to something and like praying and asking God and stuff. Like it's not in vain because he really does hear when we cry out to him. Um, which is really cool because I just struggled with it and I thought that I always would and then all of a sudden it just broke up because it just broke off because I was in a rest in that and I just had to come to a place where I was like, okay like it's in your hands like I can't do it through my own strength which is um, something that's really cool that we can do that with God because usually it does have to come to that point and we can't always do everything on our own so that's just one testimony like that I think was really important because yeah, like uh, you don't have to worry about everything. Like God hears you and stuff and there's such a rest in that. Um, like every prayer you pray, like he's going to hear that and stuff and you don't have to give up on that. It's like really awesome to have faith in what you've asked him for and um, yeah, like not have to worry about it anymore. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, and then my next point is about like faith. So like measures of faith and um, little faith and all that stuff. So I've got a Bible verse actually. Um, no, it's not in here. I think it was Matthew 14. I'm going to check. Sorry, this isn't my phone. This is Curtis's phone. <laughs> so I don't know where everything is. <laughs> What's the verse? Um, talking about little faith. Yeah, it's Matthew 17. 17? Yeah. Awesome. 
Nice. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to read it out for a bit of context. In ESV. Yeah, so Matthew 17 from... We'll go from... 14. Um, Jesus heals a boy with a demon. And when they came up to the crowd, a man came up to him, kneeling before him, said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus, Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So I was reading that verse, and I found it really interesting that he puts the answer to why they could not do it was because of their little faith. But then he goes on to say that faith is small as a grain of mustard seed can move mountains. So I just found that really interesting. And I think that it talks about little faith, not in the way that it's like a small amount, because he obviously proves that like a small, a small amount can go a really long way, but more in that our little faith is um, how impatient we are with our faith sometimes. Like, and we give up on it quite quickly um, when really like uh, we can use our measure of faith and that can go such a long way. So like a, for example, it wasn't that uh, they had not enough faith because he says, you know, you can have a tiny bit and you can do these amazing things, but that they were so quick to give up on what they believed. Um, so I think that's really important and that like uh, we all have a measure of faith, which is really amazing and we can do amazing things with that faith. But when we give up on it so quickly, um, then that's why things don't happen and that's why... Um, there's barriers and stuff because we just have to keep reminding ourselves, and you know whether our measure of faith is going to be every week like oh why hasn't happened yet I'm just going to believe again or if it's every day like why hasn't it happened today okay I'm just going to believe for one more day or if it's an hour like whatever that measure of faith is and it's going to be different for all of us but just recognizing that like we can have the tiniest bit of faith and it will do amazing things um, but we just have to remind ourselves of like what we have faith in and that we have faith in Jesus and we have faith in God and he is the faithful one. So um, we just have to remind ourselves like he is good and he's heard our prayer and not to give up on that, to, but to be really persistent and um, persevere through that. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Just, yeah, like reading that verse and everything, like uh, it reminds me like this is my analogy for that thing, <laughs> like a pay-as-you-go phone plan. So like, a, I don't know if you guys, everyone has plans these days, but you can do like the little $10, $10 ones or something. I did that recently. And it's like, a, if you got a phone and you got $10 credit or anything, like once you reach the end of that $10 credit, you don't go, oh, I don't have credit anymore and throw your phone away. Like then you renew the credit. Like <laughs> if you don't have any credit, you just have to renew it. Like it's not like you have to throw it away and give up on it. You just have to be like, okay, like that's where it was and I'm just going to top it up again. Um, so yeah, that's my little analogy of like a, what little faith means and stuff and just how renewing our faith is really um, powerful and just reminding ourselves. Like it's not a bad thing to come to a place and be like, oh, like, you know, I prayed about this and it hasn't happened yet. Like it's not bad to come to God and just be honest and be like, I don't really understand why it hasn't happened. Um, but then you just have to be like, okay, but you are faithful and you, you say this in your word. You say that you hear my prayers and I know that you see my heart and you see my intentions and stuff and just, yeah, believe in God and believe in his word and his promises. Um, yeah. So little meaning brief, not little. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I found that really helpful as well, um, dealing with, like, my dad passing away and everything like that. Like, I would be fine with it, and I would be like, okay, God, like, uh, I know that everything's okay, and, like, uh, I had such conviction and such, like, assurance that God was in, um, that my dad was in heaven with God. So, like, uh, that's all well and good and stuff, but then you'd get to a point, like, and you'd see something that, I'd see something that reminded me of dad, and I'd be upset again. I'd be like, oh, God, why, why did this happen? Like, um, why did you let this happen? All these things, and I just have to remind myself like God is so good and like uh, I had that conviction that you know dad was in heaven so why am I losing sight of that and just being real honest with God and being like you know like it hurts but I'm just reminding myself of like the faith that I have in you and that I they know that he's up in heaven with you and so it just sort of helps in that like if you lose sight of that you can come to a place where you're like upset and angry and all these things come up but just reminding yourself of um, like reminding myself that you know God had given me the assurance that he was up there like was really helpful in um doing that and it's not like okay you told me once so I'm gonna have to be fine for the rest of my life it's like uh, you know it might be hard I might have to remind myself every day and then it might get to every week and then it might get to have every year but just like um yeah like constantly reminding yourself of like who your promise is in and that it's in the faithful one mm. so that's really cool I just use my measure of faith for that and yeah it really comforted me um yes so Next point is uh, about expectations. So it's um, to start expecting, but to stop having expectations on God, um, which sounds really confusing, <laughs> but it's more so about like, um, like, for example, like, have you ever had an expectation and been super disappointed? Like, yes, I'm pretty sure we've all done that. And it's sort of like self-inflicted sometimes because you have like these things like, oh, this is what's gonna happen. And when, when it doesn't, you're super disappointed. Um, and it's like with God, we should be in a place of expectation because he's the one that delivers and he's always so faithful. But putting expectations on him actually doesn't um, get us to a better place. It actually limits God in what he's going to do because obviously we have our minds, but his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are better than our thoughts. So just like coming to a place where we're expecting things from God, but not having like certain expectations, which actually put God into a box. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean by start expecting and stop expectations. So yeah, the thing that I wrote here is that expectation narrows, whereas expecting broadens. So when we have a specific expectation on something, it actually like narrows to what we are going to be happy with the outcome being because we've like made up the situation in our head. And um, if it doesn't go that way, then we get disappointed. Whereas being in a place of expectation actually opens ourselves up to what God wants to do and gives him room to move, um, which is really cool. Um, because we don't want expectation to cloud what's happening and cause us to miss what God's doing in our life. Um, and I just found that with Mexico because I was sort of unsure what I was going to be doing and what I was going to be like working with and stuff and what impact I was going to be making in Mexico. Um, obviously going like not with a Christian ministry or anything like that. Um, it wasn't like I could just go to the kids and minister, minister to them and tell them how much Jesus loved them and stuff. So I found that like if I went to Mexico with the expectation like, oh, I'm going to change so many lives, like people are going to be saved, there's going to be so many healings and stuff, like it would have brought me to such a place of disappointment and being like, you know, like, God, you didn't even do anything. Like when I was in Mexico, I don't think I prayed for anyone that got healed. I don't think like anyone got saved while I was there and stuff. So I could have the expectation like he was going to heal, he was going to save. Um, through me being there and then I could be in a place where I come back and I'm like I've just spent six months of my life and none of that happened um, but instead I was just in a place of expecting knowing that God had brought me there for a reason and knowing that he was going to move in whatever way he wanted to move um, and so because I didn't have those expectations of you know there's going to be healing there's 
going to be people giving their lives to Jesus and stuff like that. I actually was super stoked with everything that happened. Like I got to minister to the people, not only that I was working with, but the people that came to the house as volunteers, which was like such an amazing opportunity. And God moved in like so many amazing ways. But if I had limited myself to thinking what he was going to do, then I would have missed all of that stuff happening. And I would have had more of, uh, you know, this is what's going to happen. It would have narrowed what I was doing there. And so I found it really good just knowing that God was going to move and he was going to do what he had planned to do and just giving him the, the room to do that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really, really important. Can I ask a question? Just to clarify, um, is it, is what you're saying, the difference between expectation and expecting? Yeah. Is it like, um, don't go specifics, but go broad and then expect God to do something, but don't expect to do, don't expect God to do this? Yeah, exactly. So like one example, like for example, I feel like there's a lot of expectations with like healings and stuff. So like being in a place of expecting rather than expectation, like, you know, we expect God to heal because it's in his promises and stuff. And we know that that's in God's character and he wants to heal and it's his will to heal and stuff. But for example, praying for someone that has a broken leg and having the expectation their leg's going to be healed, then it's like, if it doesn't, we get super disappointed and we're super confused um, because obviously we don't have, we don't understand like everything that's happening and we're like, God, why would you not do that when that's who you are and all this stuff? And then it like brings us to a place of disappointment. Whereas like, you know, they could uh, get up the next day and their leg could be healed or they could walk away and they could be healed. But because we had the expectation that it was going to be healed straight away and it didn't happen, then we're disappointed. But he could be doing so many other things and it could actually have an amazing result. But we don't see that because we are expecting a specific thing to be happening and then it doesn't and we're like, why didn't that happen? Like super angry and stuff. But then there's so many amazing things. Like I actually have an example of that with Curtis. Like we were at the beach and um, there was a girl who was on crutches and it was like she had torn her meniscus, I think it was. And so she like was, you know, like didn't really think anything was going to happen, but said it was okay for him to pray and stuff. And um, he prayed for her and he said, does it feel any better? And she was like, no, it doesn't feel any better. And then he prayed for her again and she was like, no, it doesn't feel any better. And so like we could have left that situation being super disappointed, but we just sort of like sat back from it. And I was watching her as she walked away and you could just tell like she started putting pressure on her leg as she was walking away. And like it, it was maybe she was, you know, 20 meters down or something. And she turned back and she said, it actually feels really good. And she started walking on it away. And like, uh, I just think that's a, a classic example. Like we think, uh, like we put an expectation, like and get super disappointed, but then, you know, 20 meters down the track, like God's do, done this amazing thing. Um, so yeah, that's sort of like an example of, yeah, specific stuff like that. Yeah. It's like we should expect God to do things because he wants to do things. And um, it's a good place to be in a place of expectation because he's powerful and he wants to move. But um, when we make specific things, then we narrow ourselves and sort of get disappointed when he doesn't do what we want him to do, but he's got something more amazing in plan. Does that answer the question? Yeah, of course. It's like, um, it's like going there with an expectation that you're going to build a, a square house, but in actual fact, God wants you to build a round house because it has more room, but just yeah. that kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have this plan and we're like, uh, you know, this is a good thing, God. Like, why aren't you helping me accomplish this? And yeah. it's like, oh, he has such more amazing plans that we have to give him the room to do those amazing things because he has like much, like, we think we have good plans, but he has great plans. So it's like, we have to like give him some room to move because yeah, he's so amazing. And, and we limit ourselves by our minds. Yeah. Rather than being open to his mind. Mm, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so cool. Um, yes. 
that is that point. Sorry, intermission. <laughs> um, yeah, and then my next point is um, about us being lights. So everyone knows the classic, like you're a light, you're the salt and everything like that. But I feel like I just had that really like, like revelation and stuff. Whereas like uh, we really are lights, like without realizing it. Like if you have Jesus, if you have Holy Spirit, like you are a light, whether you want to be or not, you don't really have a choice because you are, it says in the scriptures and stuff. Um, and I just found it really interesting in that because that is part of our identity. And I was really encouraged by that in Mexico. Obviously there was times where I was like, I'm not doing any crazy ministry. Like I'm not doing like, you know, street evangelism or anything. And I sort of would be times where I'd be talking with God and I'd be like, you know, like, do I have to go out on the streets? Like, I don't know, am I doing enough and stuff? And like, is this where you want me to be? And am I impacting the people that you want me to impact and all these things? Um, but then one of my roomies came to me one day and she said to me like, uh, I think by the time I leave here, like you're probably gonna make me become a Christian. Like she was saying like, she was just so encouraged. Like even by the things I did in my quiet time, like I would just be reading my Bible stuff or just being patient with people. And even though I didn't think I was doing anything of like massive importance, she noticed that. And she said like, even through those things, she's like, you know, like you just have so much fun. Like you love Jesus so much. Like you have a joy and stuff. And um, she was just like, you know, I'm probably going to be a Christian by the time I leave here. And I was so, I was just like, well, that's amazing. Cause I was just thinking like, am I doing enough? Like, I don't think I'm making an impact and all these things. And then she comes to me and says that like huge encouragement. So it's just like reminding us that even when we're not doing something like, uh, you know, that we see like healings and things like that, like the little things are so important and just like us being there and like how we act and stuff when we're imitating Jesus, like we are such a light to the people, like, and we're such a light in the darkness. Um, which is really cool. And like, this is what I wrote. Like uh, when you go into a room, like, okay, picture that you're a light, like you're a lamp or something like that, or like a light bulb. <laughs> like a light doesn't realize that it's lighting up everything in the room because it's always around itself. You know what I mean? Like, and so when a, like, when a light is gone out of a room, like it doesn't realize that the room it left is now dark because wow. when it's in there, it's light again. And so it's one of those things like we're like, okay, I'm not really making a difference. Like everything's light, but then we don't realize like when we leave like it, that it's dark because we're always bringing the light with us. And I just thought that was really cool and that like, yeah, like we don't recognize because we are the light and so it's always there, like we're always there. But when we go away, like uh, there's something that's missing from there. So it's just like the importance of going in and like simply being, like uh, simply being a Christian and like uh, having the Holy Spirit and stuff is so powerful and no matter where you're at, like it's such an important thing. And it's like not a striving thing. It's such a rest because it's part of your identity. Like you can't help but be a light. So it's just like such a rest in that you don't have to worry Am I doing enough? Like, am I doing the right thing? Saying the right thing? Like, should I go tell this person that Jesus loves them? All these things that we worry about and we think like we're not doing enough and we're not adequate and stuff. It's like, you know, there's such a rest because Jesus is in us and like we have the Holy Spirit and that's like, that makes us a light. So it's just such a place of rest where we can be confident that we are like making a difference and yeah, God will use us in the right ways. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and just like a few testimonies like that, um, which was really cool. Like, uh, 
I didn't really go with any agenda, but I found that like uh, people would come through the house because I was there for so long. Like as a volunteer, I was there for six months, which is the longest amount of time. And people would come through sometimes for only two weeks or something. And so there was like lots of people coming in and out, which was really cool because I got to meet a lot of people. And like without even trying, like maybe two months in, I realized like that everyone who had come through, I had either like told about Jesus or I'd prayed for or just something little. Like, and it's just the tiniest thing that we might not even realize, but I like recognize after that, like everyone who had come through, I had sort of like uh, shown something about Jesus, like whether it was just like I was reading my Bible and everyone thought I was studying. So like they're like, what are you studying? And I was like, oh, it's the Bible. <laughs> so like just little things like that. Like I just got to share with them about that and tell them a bit about Jesus. And, you know, if something had happened, I got to pray for them and stuff. And even though it wasn't like any radical healing, like just that, um, you know, obviously that shows like Jesus love and everything like that. And I got to um, minister to them and tell them the good news and stuff. And it was such a like it was such a resting thing. Like it was just such a casual thing. We were living in the same house and I just got these amazing opportunities. And it wasn't that I had to be like, OK, every person that came in, I'm going to tell about Jesus because it puts such a stress like it puts us such a stress on us that we have to do something. And it becomes like a law where the law requires, whereas like grace like allows us to do things and so it's just like coming to a place where we realize that um you know like in our identity like that's that's enough and um yeah it's really like powerful that it's like that um and you were saying as well more that one of the main things that kept you from being christian was that you thought it was all like lame ned flanders kind of stuff yeah <laughs> and if that they would have seen you live your life and just how you treat people and how you use your spare time and stuff like that that speaks volumes to people. Cause yeah. It's like you're just a normal person, but you have so much fun and you just love people and yeah. you just enjoy life. And yeah. It's so powerful, that stuff. Like, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> exactly. And it's like a you know like it's so easy to recognize that about someone else but we often don't want to think it about ourselves yeah. but other people see us that way like yeah. i could say i say the exact same to you nate like uh, yeah, yeah. and it's so cool because we never want to like think that about ourselves we're like i'm not doing enough and we're so easy to be harsh on ourselves but we could so easily look at anyone else and be like you're doing such an amazing job like you're doing so many awesome yeah. things um so yeah just like encouraging each other but encouraging yourself like you encourage other people because like wow. you are doing such a good job like everyone is in their own way and god's put us in our own little spheres and given us our little quirks and how we are and stuff to to minister in that way of just like being who we are and just like being in love with Jesus which is so easy um yeah which is so cool <laughs> but yeah so I got so many opportunities to you know pray for people and tell people about it and it was just you know just because I was just being yeah. like which is so awesome when you just live life with Jesus you just get to be and yeah it's super powerful yeah, which is cool. It takes the pressure off. No striving. Um, yeah, which is really awesome. So, yeah, there are my four points. But then there's a few other things that I want to touch on, if I can find it where it is. Um, yeah, so just more about, like, trusting God, which was, like, one thing that obviously I like I said before like I really had to do because it was like just me and him so it was like really awesome and I got to spend so much alone time with him um which was really cool and I found that uh, it was really awesome as well like seeing the breadcrumbs that like led me to Mexico and things that had happened from my past that were helpful and stuff um which was really cool like even a couple of weeks before I left I think it was like 
my second last weekend maybe, um, I got really, really badly sick. And that was the only bad thing that happened to me there because like God had so much favor and protection over me in my time in Mexico, which was awesome. And I was just like covered in prayer and it was amazing. Um, but I got sick, which was the only bad thing that happened. And I was like, oh, you know, like it's fine and stuff. Like, and I was just like, uh, using that time to just like, uh, you know, be with God. And like, even though my body was so weak, I was like, you know, thank you, God, like that I do have such good health usually. And it makes you really appreciate your health when you're sick. You're like, oh my gosh, being sick is so bad. So I'm just going to appreciate my health now better, um, which is really cool. And so I like spent this weekend being super sick and my body was so run down and like, I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't drink anything. I had no energy. Even standing up was so hard. And so it was like a really hard weekend, but it was sort of got me to that point where I was like, okay, like, God, I'm just going to like be really strong in the spirit and like speak to you and stuff. And it was like so bad for three days. And I was like, okay, I'm using my measure of faith. Like, you know, every day I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to be better today and stuff. Um, and then I got to Sunday and I was sort of feeling a bit better. Like I couldn't really eat much more. Um, but I decided that I was like going to go to the gym and go for a walk. Cause I was like, I need to like do something with my body. Cause I've been doing nothing for three days and like, I need to move a little bit. And so I was like walking over to the gym, which was really close to our house. And I got to the gym and it took me so much energy, like to get changed and walk over to the gym and it was closed. And I was like, Oh, this is so sad. <laughs> and I was like, God, but then I was like, God, why did this happen? And I was just like, you know, God, you wouldn't do this to me for no reason. So I'm just going to go for a walk around the block. And that's one of those things where like, this is such a silly little testimony. Like it doesn't really make any sense. Okay. I went to the gym. It was closed. But anyway, I was going for my walk around the block and it was like, a, God spoke to me so much. Like, and it was crazy because like, I had just had like the terrible three days and stuff. And, but I knew like when I saw the gym close, I was like, God, you're going to do something like you would have closed the gym on me for no reason. <laughs> so I was like, okay, going for my walk and God spoke to me so much. And it was just amazing. Like, wow, my body was so weak and like, it was crappy. And then just how like faithful he was, he was like, okay, like I'm going to speak to you and stuff. And just those little things, how I could recognize like, uh, when that little thing happened that I usually would get really annoyed at, like the gym is closed and I just did all these things, blah, blah, blah. I like recognized that it was something God was using. And it seems so silly of a testimony, but it's just like doing those things in our life where we can see something that might be an inconvenience, but it's actually God like a sneakily, like pushing us towards something different. And I found that as well, like, um, like maybe, uh, for example, your phone doesn't charge overnight and so you don't have your phone. But then you find like, okay, I'm not looking at my phone as much. Like I have more time and you get to actually like be in a place of silence and then you get to hear God. Like little things like that that I just found, like started recognizing and I was like, it's so beautiful how he uses like the littlest things but he uses them for such a big thing. Like he uses it to be like, okay, like you need to be off your phone more so that I can speak to you and you can hear my voice and stuff. Like, and we would be annoyed at that. We'd be like, oh, my phone is out of charge. It's so inconvenient. Oh, the gym is closed. It's so inconvenient and stuff. But like he uses even those little things to be like, okay, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to minister to you and stuff. Um, so that was just like a little testimony where I was like, that's really cool. Um, and another example of how like, even when your body's super weak, like your, your spirit's really strong with God, which is really cool, which is like the ideal behind fasting and stuff. So I was like, okay, that's really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was awesome. And like, I, he just spoke to me heaps and it was like such a blessing that um, he used like that, you know, terrible couple of days and stuff. And like, he just made it so amazing and like totally worthwhile and stuff, which was really cool. Um, just linking back that God uses everything for good. Um, and yeah, like I got to just ask God a lot of questions and stuff. And one other thing I wanted to say is just like, 
um, when we're like questioning God, like I think it's really good to do that. Like I think it's really good to not be like scared to ask questions or like not understand things. Like, uh, and so I think it's good that we can like be in a relationship with Him and be like super vulnerable and open with Him and not have to be like, okay, like you are like you are who you are, and I'm just gonna be scared and stuff. It's like we're in such a relationship, and He wants us to come with Him, to come to Him with questions, which is really cool. And just like I wrote, wrote here, which rocked me when I understood it was like questions raised in the atmosphere of trust lead to revelation whereas questions raised in the attitude of mistrust lead to unbelief um so i think that's like a really good place to be in is that when you're like coming to god and you don't understand something like it's really cool that we can come to him and be in a relationship with him but we have to trust him like we have to be in a place of trust when we come to him because then he's going to give us the answers and he wants to give us wisdom and stuff and it's really awesome but when we ask questions and we don't trust him and we're like you know why are you doing this and we're angry at him and we don't really like uh yeah, it's like out of a bad place, then it leads to unbelief because we like come to a place where it's like negative and you're doubting God and stuff and that's why people turn away and all these things. So it's just like coming to a place where you're like, okay, like overall, like regardless of whether I get an answer or if it's the answer that I want, like I trust you, like I trust you. I know that your your ways are good and I'm going to believe what you say about me. And if you come to him in a place of trust, then he's going to give you such revelation and he'll, um, yeah, like it'll be such a good thing. But if you come to him out of a place of mistrust, then it just leads to unbelief. So I think that was really cool in that we have that access like through Jesus and stuff where we can come to God and we can be super vulnerable and open with him um, and that he does give us the answers we want but we just have to choose to trust him regardless of what it's going to be um, so yeah which is really cool <laughs> um, yeah yeah and as another thing is that like faith in itself like uh, there is no need for like faith and for trust or anything if there is no mystery so like uh, it's really awesome that we have such a big like amazing powerful God and there's always going to be questions there's always going to be mysteries and um, that kind of stuff and that's where faith comes in because um, like uh, for example this is my example <laughs> has anyone ever done a trust fall like you know someone stands behind you and you fall into them and stuff like that's sort of what it's like like it's not going to be a trust fall if you're just like falling against a wall or something like you know the wall's going to be there and so it's not doesn't have that aspect of trust but it's like uh, trusting involves an aspect of mystery like you're not quite sure what's going to happen and so it's like not being angry that we don't understand everything of god because like that's what faith is that's what trust is and stuff and so there's actually like a it's really comforting in knowing that um yeah, there's always mystery. And as well, in reading Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 11, um, just how faith, like in the scriptures and stuff, it shows that faith come. Actually, I'll read it because it'll make more sense. Hebrews <coughs> 11. I think it's 16. Oh, maybe it's not. Okay, sorry. I don't have a scripture. <laughs> um, but it um, is a verse and it like, shows how faith comes first and understanding comes second. So like um, coming to a place where it's like we don't always have to understand everything first because if we were, were required to understand everything first, then um, like we would find it really difficult in our faith. Um, so just like uh, coming to a place where you say, I'm going to trust you and like... Uh, um, that's the first step and then he's going to reveal so much stuff to us through that but if we be like okay no I need to understand before I'm going to put my trust in you then it puts it in the wrong order and it 
it flips everything around. Um, and just recognizing that faith comes from the heart and not from the mind. So faith comes first and it's from the heart and then you get the understanding that comes with the mind um, because faith is just surrendering to God and um, not striving. You can't really like work yourself into faith. Um, so yeah, and that's the end of my notes. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty much what I learned is like, I learned a lot of things and like if there's anything that I touched on that like, makes more sense to you or you know ministers more to you like definitely come and talk to me about it but it was really awesome like just being with God and stuff and just learning like uh, how he speaks to me and stuff and giving him room to move and yeah he taught me a lot and that was good times and bad times and stuff but yeah overall like trusting God and just being honest with him like that's the best thing about being in a relationship it doesn't you know like there's times where you know we're upset and stuff and we don't have to hide that from him we can just be super open and vulnerable and he just works us through all those places which is really cool so yeah <laughs> thanks for listening yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.